Revelation 1.6. Hallelujah. I'll try and see if I can redeem some time. If you want to catch up with me, you can watch our first service when you leave the service. I'll kind of go a little bit deeper into this message so that I can be able to not only redeem time, um, but also to be able to um, appreciate what it is God would have us learn today. I really believe it's going to be a blessing to your life. And he has, oh, let's read from verse 5. And from, hey, let me try that again. We read from verse 5. Let me lay emphasis on verse 6. And he has made us to be a kingdom, priests to God, to his God and Father. He has made us to be a kingdom. That is one translation. But the one you read, he has made us kings and priests. And I bless God for his word. Father, thank you for everything you're teaching us today. May you receive all the glory and all the honor. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Please have your blessed seats. Um, I sense God wants to deal with this thing called access. Access. Um, I, I perceive in my spirit. Listen. Could you just hold the music for a minute so that people don't say it's because I made them emotional. But I'm coming. We'll do the emotional thing in a minute. It's, in, it's staying in the spirit. Listen. I, 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 I don't want to play church. That's a new colloquial term that people use a lot these days. I see a lot of young people who don't want to go to church because they say they don't want to play church. Uh, but let me be clear, please. The church, is, the church belongs to Jesus. And if I can help any young person, because it's a language I hear a lot, even with older people, um, I, I beg you in all humility and love not to have such language, um, that you don't want to play church. Um, I think what you're saying is that you are at a place where you don't want the games people play in church, isn't it? Um, because the church is Jesus' weapon. It's his bride. And the Bible says that, he says, I will build my church. Men don't build churches. Jesus does. And it will help your vocabulary to be able to understand the power of the church. I want to tell you, you cannot be blessed by that which you oppose. Impossible. Um, I've heard people say statements like, I'd rather stay home than be with those people. Like you've become a person that is, um, seasons are different. I'm not dealing with seasons here. There's a season you'll go to, you don't want to see anybody. That's between you and God. But when it comes to the institution of the church, it will benefit you to understand that this is Jesus' right. And it will help you grow. Anytime God wants to do something in your life, he'll bring people. People will crush you. Yes. People will. Isn't it interesting that you can go to a boss in the office who will look at you and say, what's wrong with you? Why are you never on time? But when you come to church and somebody asks you that, you get offended. You have more grace where you earn a salary than where you have a life, a living. Okay. It means you're ready to hear rebuke. 
from your boss, but you're never ready to hear rebuke from your pastor. So today I'm really coming in a lot of volumes from 8 a.m. <laughs> and, and my volume this afternoon is, listen to me, you can't get rid of the church. It will be here in all forms, shapes, sizes, just like people, big, small, tall, short, the church is here to stay and it's going nowhere. But your attitude towards the bride of Christ is important because the moment you say you can't stand people, you're saying you can't stand the, the bride of Christ because it's not the building, it is the people. And they come in all shapes and forms. People are going through seasons, people are coming out of something, people are entering something, some are coming out of trouble, some just got a promotion last week. Let your attitude be constant. I'm talking to kings. Let your attitude be constant. If you sit in a position of power and you're a king, you cannot say that let people die because you've woken up on the wrong side of the bed. You have to know how to handle power. Somebody say amen. amen. Kings are responsible for power. Kings have a responsibility of the resources that God has given them in a land, which most important resources, people, oh, glory be to God. And therefore, your maturity in heaven shall be measured. Your maturity in heaven shall be measured on how you respond to God's bride. Because I assure you, there will never be a day until he returns when we will be perfect. There will never be a day when the church will suit you to its fullest standard. You know, pastors, you know, we can try and be the most customer-friendly church ever. Churches have tried, Pastor Pete, we tried that stuff when in our younger days. We tried through Karibuni, we tried through everything. You know, it doesn't matter. At the end of the day, an individual's choice and decision has to be, I will love the church of Christ. That means you love people. You love poor people, you love rich people, you love funny people, you love snobbish people. Because love is not a response to how you are treated. It's not. Love is a commitment. You don't go to work because you love your boss. Yet you appear there every day because there's a reward. And if you get a promotion and the person you've been promoted to is even ruder than the previous person, you'll still go. You will not say, I will not take this promotion. Why do you have more tolerance? Because you love money. <laughs> Isn't it interesting that every time there's a reward, you can handle anything. Well, let me tell you, for the joy that was set before the cross, Jesus, for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. So there's a benefit to what you're going through. And at the end, the account shall be, when you saw me when I had no water, when you saw me when I had no food, when, when, when you saw me and I did not have, did you respond? The, the true blessing is not in your world. Let me talk to the language of this generation. It's not about your world. Me, my world, my space. No. If God was to do something just about his space and all everybody in their zone, you will not progress anywhere. So please look at your neighbor and say, extend love. Extend love. I'm not dealing with a problem. You know, some of you might be looking at me saying, now what has happened? But no. I'm about to enter somewhere in the future. We're about to go. And love has to be the foundation. It has to be because... You don't do things because you feel like. You do things because you've been called and anointed to accomplish them. So when you have kingship, you can't decide today you're waking up at four, tomorrow you are nine. It's not a place of inconsistency. This calling of kings and priests requires a shift in our thinking. 
listen to me. I was sharing them with them in the first service. The dilemma we've had in the church of Africa, particularly in Africa, is that we have not really understood the power of royalty. We've not understood the side of kingship regarding our calling. Our focus has heavily been on the priesthood. Yes, our focus has been on the priesthood and as a result, our message has been diluted to just deal with charlatans. Did you know that not, not all things you're going through are witchcraft? But if I was to start this service today and say every witch, the kind of response I'd be getting from you even before I finish, I just have to say every witch, ah, your antennas rise because your bias has been that I believe there's a part of a lot of Christians in Africa that have attributed their problems to somebody else and as a result are escaping personal responsibility. It is easy to blame a witch for waking up at nine every day. But that is not a witch. That is you, oversleeping. Ay, ay, ay. It is easy to blame a witch that you are broke. But kings operate on a level above what any witch can be able uh, to put us, especially those in royalty. And so I believe God is elevating us. If you have become sons and you're manifesting, then you must operate as kings. It means there's a language, there's a disposition, there is a habit, there is a way of thinking that must change. In the marketplace, Christians leave a bad taste in a lot of people's mouths. Ah, I should have taken offering before. And let me explain. Let me explain. Because of a lack of discipline in training, our language has not yet ascended to the level of the languages that should be spoken. Therefore, when you come before a king, what you bring before that king is value. There are very few kings who want to spend time with pastors. Wow. I'm telling you the truth. If you go across this continent or beyond, when I've sat with great minds, I've had the opportunity to, to sit with the Gateses. I've had the opportunity in Mexico. We've sat with uh, the Slim family. We've had dinner with them. They didn't sit with us as pastors. <laughs> there are certain doors your priest card will not open. And if you don't learn how to blend, the best, the best smoothies are a mix. Because if you just take avocados, <laughs> let me pull an Ian Lovu here. Look at your neighbor and say avocado. <laughs> if I take a blender and just blend avocados, I might as well have eaten it with a spoon. Are we together? Most of you are serving the world just an avocado. Yet he has made us kings and priests, which means there's a blend. There's a place the priest helps you. There's a place the king helps you. But you cannot access places of kings only with a priesthood dimension. I, uh, this is why Jesus was held back by the priest when he was before Pontius Pilate. He was trying to hold back the king in him because he knew the person that needs to be laid up on the cross is a lamb. 
So if the lion takes over, destiny will be absconded. So you must understand what time is it? What am I doing? What will open doors for you and where we have missed opportunities to be able to increase kingdom dimensions is because we haven't known how to mix the avocado with the banana for a perfect smoothie. Glory be to God. I hate that stuff, by the way. I'm not a fan of avocados. Oh, it's my pastor. Yeah. <laughs> Facado declare, okay, Dimura. Yoni Anuele, I have one as you Now, we must learn the advantage of elevation. Please allow me to speak to you as direct as I can. I'm trying to really play this down. I, I, I tried in the 8 a.m. service and I just got somewhere. I think I only got into 3% um, of, my, of my trying to get to be understood. So I'm praying for the Holy Spirit to help me because this is important. Elevation is key. Anytime Jesus would go to the Father, he would elevate. And, and elevation will open to you both this kingly and priestly dimension because you cannot be an effective believer CEO if you don't have prayer and revelation. It takes elevation. Going up, he used to go up to, as was his custom. He would go up. Yes. He would go up. It is not a wonder, Pastor Pete, that some of the people that have been unable, because listen, there's a dichotomy of, uh, there's a dichotomy of perspective. When I look at an intercessor, and I see a pattern of intercessors, and it is the same across Africa, that they have many problems. It makes me wonder, how come aren't kings intercessors? Why is it, please intercessors, don't get offended. I want to help us, all, all of us. The, the role of intercession is not for a particular group of people. But there's a particular group of people in a church that usually get the assignment called intercessory team, isn't it? And when you observe, I've been to many churches, I rarely find CEO intercessors in that group. Most of those groups have hustlers. So I find a dichotomy. Please, don't get offended. Tell your neighbor, don't get offended. The man is trying to help us. Who are these people? What is happening? Why is there a dichotomy between what you say? I want to help us. Can we go a little bit into this and see some things and understand? So, so elevation will lead to revelation. So you must go up to hear. You must go up to understand. Every person God ascends to become a president of a company, a CEO, a, a principal, every promotion that comes should lead to higher ascension. Yes. It must lead to a higher ascension because the instruction on how you will do things will come from above because he loves to give his children direction. We need to understand that there is no productivity in the waiting on the mountain. Mountains are supposed to be climbed, so you must climb. Your prayer life must climb. Jesus was above always. He was receiving understanding. Intimacy requires us to chase. It requires pursuit. It requires the climb. So that when God gives you that kingship, it is not easily brought down by other desires in our life. Now, there is scripture that starts to show us, like in Psalm 24 verse 3, who shall ascend 
Hills must be ascended. So priesthood requires ascension. Kingship requires ascension. And the place of elevation is a guarantee of being in his presence. Don't be in a hurry when you get there. Get the instruction. I shared this morning, I'm just summarizing, that a slave can never be a son. But I also told them that a son can be a slave. It is impossible for a slave to be a son. But it is sad when a son is a slave. And so pertinent questions must be asked. Which minister can go and sit down, minister of the gospel, can go and sit down with the king of Morocco and receive four hours? Who will sit with king, things have changed in Britain, with King Charles and sit and be given four hours? Why? What will enter the room? The priest or the king? And so, the difference between the two is this, because kings and queens must rise in the name of Jesus. And as a king, a king governs the people with respect to a political realm. A priest governs people and serves people with respect to the spiritual domain. And so, you have to understand the connection between the two. The reason you're a king and priest is that God has given us the privilege to be able to intertwine, and I'll show you an example in the Old Testament, to intertwine what was separate offices to now become the same, enabling priests to be rulers. That's why you are a royal priesthood. There's a kingship dimension to your priesthood. Glory be to God. There's a way kings operate. There's a language. That's why Daniel did not speak Hebrew in the palace. He spoke the language of the Chaldeans. There's a language we have to learn to speak. It doesn't mean we become it, but we will be trained in that language so that when we go to war and we are negotiating for the kingdom, we can have the articulation, the prowess, the understanding to come out victorious. Interviews have a language. It is not tongues. I don't know if you're ready for this dimension. Listen, they have a language. It's not tongues. You cannot go for an interview and then they say, please tell us a little bit about your history. There has to be a delivery. Promotion has an expectation. An expectation that you will not operate the way you operated before. That you will operate in an elevated dimension of the new office you hold. Thank you, Jesus. This is why your yesteryears must expire. And Pastor Peter shown us a scripture that I want us to go to. That was in Genesis, what, 42 or 41? Huh, I'll come to that. You have to understand, there's a place God wants us to be elevated to. Oh, Holy Spirit, thank you. And so God is telling us today, I want to release a kingly dimension in a place that has focused heavily on priesthood so that they can understand that there has to be a blend and until there's a blend, there are certain doors you'll get access to. But because of a lack of kingship, it was the spirit of excellence that Daniel had. But let me assure you, knowledge played a role. Knowledge played a role in the king saying, this guy is smart. Skill played a role. He did not just receive access. He received access and then he got understanding. He got knowledge. He got wisdom. And he got No. Wisdom, understanding, knowledge, and skill. He got skill. He got skill. So, so it is not enough to have access to dimensions of rulership. We must know what are we going to say when the door is open. It is a pity. 
it is a pity that some of the doors we've had shut on us have been because we haven't known what to say to kings. Because kings don't speak priestess. They don't speak Christianese. Ay, ay, ay. And God must bring a balance to his kingdom so that an understanding can come. We are not going to build, yes, we will go around the cities. Actually, the only time anybody went around the cities in the Bible and in Jericho was when they were instructed by God. We must understand the place of instruction. When you are sent, instruction must come so that you can hear how to deal with territorial dimensions. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Because kings must interpret the priestly instruction so that they can be beneficial to the people of God. Now, what does that mean? I just want to take a few minutes of our time. We must make sure we don't mistake invitation for declaration. So what happens is this. Many times if you study scripture, you will receive words that give identity and purpose, especially to the body of Christ. Because, Pastor Pete, I, I'm, I'm a very practical person. I'm very practical. I, 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 I deal with dichotomies of definition. When you tell me you're the head and not the tail, and then tomorrow and the rest of your life, all I'm seeing is tail habits, I get disturbed. Mm. When you say you are above and not beneath, there's a, it's a declaration. I'm not seeing the activation. Ayah. And I want us to talk. In all honesty, I want us to talk. If one person here is frustrated that they have attended 65 conferences and they have lifted their Bibles and said, I'm the head and not the tail. I'm above and not beneath. And you're still going around in circles. Let me hear that one. Amen. Okay. I have audience. I have one or two people that are going to be blessed by what I have to say. Because many times, scriptures give us words of identity and purpose. They do. But you need to understand that, that, that we fail to understand that identifying something by its potential and by the seed in it is not a magical incantation. You, you don't magically appear and transform into what you have said. The word of faith movement taught us to name it, to claim it, and that we shall have it. And you still don't have it. Was the problem your faith or was the problem your interpretation? Can we talk? Or do you want to go home as you came? Do you want to receive counsel? So, here's what the Bible says. The Bible, when, when the Bible says we are one body, it doesn't mean we are one because the Bible says we are one. What it does, it gives us all permission to take necessary steps, steps to awaken the seed of the word. So you have a responsibility inside of you that will chisel away cut things that would hinder you from oneness with the body. In literature, we call that expectancy. It's called the expectancy theory. It leads to performance. Performance leads to an outcome and outcome leads to a reward. Did you hear that? So, we teach our children to sing, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. I have news for you. Just because the Bible tells you so, does not mean you'll encounter the love of Jesus. You have to get into this thing a little bit deeper because if the Bible is telling them so, the foundation of the song is that it tells you so, but it doesn't give them permission to experience that love. It's incomplete. It's contractual. It's void of power. It just tells them so. Something else has to happen. So look at Paul. 
this amazing literary genius. He comes and when he writes to the church in Corinth, he has a Colossian assignment because the ecclesia there is misbehaving. I want to take us uh, to, to, to the book of Corinthians. The Corinthians church was, was, was sitting right in the middle of party Hellenism. They were a party animal. They were just partying. Party over here, party over there. That was the church in Corinth. And Paul is writing to them. And Paul understands this and realizes if I start with rebuke, I will not achieve my goal. So he begins by releasing their potential so that what would actually drive them further into their decadence is dealt with by their potential. So what does he write? I want to take us to the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 1. What does it say in chapter 1 of 1 Corinthians verse 1 and verse 2? Let's read. Paul, called to be an apostle of Jesus Christ through the will of God and that guy, our brother, uh -huh, verse 2. You don't give Cambas such words. See, <laughs> Donny. To the church of God, which is at Corinth. Listen, he's dealing with party animals. Guys who are misbehaving. And then he says, to those <laughs> who are sanctified in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Called to be saints. What? He's dealing with Corinthians. Please listen to me. He's dealing with Christians who are behaving badly. There's adultery. There's fornication. There is everything you can imagine going on at Corinth. But he deals with the seed that was planted. That's why Satan doesn't come for your head knowledge. He comes for the seed. He knows if I get the seed, I take the potential. So he says, with all who in every place call on the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, both theirs and ours. They are not sanctified at that moment. They are not sanctified. They are not being saints. In fact, if you study the next 15 chapters, he's working on them seriously. He calls them blatant sinners. But why is he calling them saints here? Because that was the expectancy. So I call you kings because in the heavenly realm, that is the seed. The expectancy, the potential is that you're living way below what God has called you to become. Somebody say amen. There's an expectation. So when the behavior is not indicative of the expectancy, it becomes an invitation to start to walk in that expected behavior. So when I hear you say, we are the head and not the tail, I have an expectancy that in our time we shall see people becoming the head. Because what we are talking to is the seed. And because the seed is the word, that word has every ability to get you to where you're supposed to be. I declare over your life, you are the head and not the tail. But there has to be a shift between what you're saying and what you're becoming. We declare we are becoming what we are saying. I said we declare we are becoming what we are saying. Somebody shout, I'm the head and not the tail. Say, my children are there. We just prayed for candidates. My children are the head and not the tail. My grandchildren are the head and not the tail. We are transitioning to kingship because the seed is in me. What has the power, the ability, the potential is the word. That word was there in the beginning. It has the potential to cause me. And when he says that he has made us kings, we have to start speaking the language of kings. We have to start seeing the things kings see. I read that the Saudi king bought every player 
of the, of the team, a Rolls Royce. I don't know where Gormahia are, but I hope you are hearing what I'm saying. He, he bought, listen, he bought every player, including the subs, a Phantom Rolls Royce worth $400,000 each. Kings. Kings don't beg. By the way, I don't want to get ahead of us. Kings don't argue. Kings make decrees. When, when you enter this dimension, it's not a place of arguing. Ah, did you know? Kings just decide. They decide how their families... There are some things that are just a decision away for your family and a decision away for your destiny. There are some cycles in your life that are not witchcraft. They are a decision away. Tap the king next to you and say, you got to think like a king and move like a king and talk like a king and behave like a king. Behave like a queen. You open your mouth and say, listen, which cabinet meeting did the king of Saudi Arabia? In fact, it's not the king, it's the prince. Oh, I like that. It was actually the prince. It was the crown prince who bought. This, this tells me that there are decisions the prince will make that the king will agree with because the king and the prince are speaking in one voice. You will never hear the king opposing his son because in the things of kingship, we are in agreement. I declare over your life. Shasha. I declare over your life. Am I talking to kings? Which kings go to beg for visas? Listen, you walk in with confidence. There's a language, listen. You came from the mountain, you got the instruction. You operate in that instruction and in that word. That is why Jesus did not worry when he lifted the bread and blessed it. He introduced the bread to a kingly realm where things don't run out. Your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. He has made us kings bread began to multiply there's a place where things don't run out in your economy we are not running out of this thing by the way this is the lowest we are ever going to be we are not just made we are talking as kings i hope i'm talking to some kings this is the lowest position the lowest rank but i'm rising kings don't gossip kings have no time for gossip Kings are not moody. They don't catch, 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 catch. What are you talking about? We have national agendas, territorial parasites and demons to deal with. Things in heavenly realm. I have no time to hear what my neighbor said about me. I'm operating on a new, I declare over your life. This is not your realm. You're moving to the realm of kingship. And I'm declaring that before your death day, you shall make some changes in this territory in the name of Jesus realms we're not getting those let me tell you those positions we get we are not leaving them they are moving from generation to generation why is it people say i'm the head and not the tail this is the dichotomy i'm talking about hannah head and the tail but you live in poverty you live in disease you know pastor don i can't explain it over the last two months, there's a certain energy and strength I've gotten. I can't explain. I cannot explain it. It's like a newness for the things that are about to come. A newness. There's, there's a way I'm waking up. It's not normal. 
there's an energy I've received and I know it's energy from the spirit because I've been waiting on the Lord. And the Bible told me, they that wait on the Lord shall renew. The formula for renewing strength is that you go back and plug in and wait on God so that he can give you enough for the journey that is coming ahead. I declare new strength over your life in the name of Jesus. You're not called to, you know, I've seen people say, hey, we're the hell on that tail. We're above and not beneath. We are winners and not. Ah, we've been singing that song for many years. Oh. Something has to manifest. I refuse you, in the name of Jesus, to shout things that are not manifesting anymore. Let me try this side. No, we are not going to waste our voices. If we are not becoming the head, let's stop saying it. But if we are going to manifest it, you're looking at a king right now. If we are going to manifest it, let us decree things we shall see. If we say our children will never lack fees, walk in it. If we say we are the head and not the tail, let me see you walk in it. If we say we are going to be game changers, let us walk in it. We will no longer announce things we will not see. Find a neighbor next to you that looks like an Egyptian. And tell them, listen to me, you Egyptian. I am a child of promise. And I'm declaring over you. I am going to walk in a new realm. By the time you see me next Sunday, manifesting will have started. There will be something new about me. The hairstyle will be different. The eyes will be different. The shoes will be different. The smile will be different. I refuse to speak what will not manifest because I'm a king. And when I decree it, we don't negotiate with darkness. When we make decrees on cancer, cancer must hear the word of the king because the prince is talking. And so the father, Jesus said, I never do anything I have not seen the father do. When he'd speak to cancer, the father was speaking to cancer. We speak as princes. Let me talk like my spiritual father. I think the people I'm talking to on this side, we speak like princes and we declare what we say shall come to pass. What we see shall come to pass. What we decree shall come to pass. In the name of Jesus. Ah, I deny my sons, my spiritual sons and even my physical sons to ever walk into an interview and be denied a job. No, no, no. We are the last generation called Tamaki. This thing called Tamaki, I'm the last one in my family that ever saw it. 20 interviews later, no job. Ah, yeah, yeah, that is not the role of princes. We open our mouths and speak into the atmosphere. And declare whatever we speak, we shall see it in the name of Jesus. Please have your seats. So, we find ourselves in this interesting place where we've made declarations. May we be the last generation that will make declarations we are not going to see. I think it is a waste of heavenly energy to shout things we are not seeing. It must look mad to heaven. When people are shouting... Shouting, I am, I am, and you're not. No, from today. May our words not be wasted. May every word we speak of our children come to pass. Somebody say, I hear you. So, let me go a little bit deeper into this. So, here's what we need to understand. I want to give you an understanding of what makes a king a king. He says, you are kings and priests. It's not a statement that will happen magically. This is not magic. 
that you just make a statement and then it transforms you into a king and priest. This gives you the grace. The fact that it is here, it gives you the grace, the permission to become. So you must have the understanding and the wherewithal. So what makes you a king? Regardless of what you've been taught, there's an expectancy attached to royalty. When royalty walks into a room, atmospheres change. Let me assure you right now, if our president walked in through this door, even if you don't feel like standing, you'll just find yourself standing. You'll be, what one has mama kwanini? Something will have entered the room. Are you understanding me? And so we, we have to come into this understanding where we, we will, they walk into rooms and people take notice. The priest wants to be humble. Humble yourself before the Lord. He will lift you up. But there's a place you walk as a king. You are trying to be humble. But everything is taking cognizance that you're in the room. Because there's a humility, I believe, in believers that is actually a false humility. Mm. It is a humility that has caused us a lot of damage. Ah. Not everybody who has come and said, I honor you, I honor you, is honoring you. There are some things that have happened. Let me leave that alone. If, if you're an atmosphere changer, do atmospheres change when you walk into a room? What makes a king a king? To be someone who releases decrees over land. All who hear abide by the decrees that you make. Now I want to tell you, it is not riches that make kings kings. It is not. Hollywood may tell you that, but that is not the criteria for us coming to believe that you are a king. We have many kings in Africa who have no money. <laughs> it's not riches that make a king a king. Is it appearance or image? No. It is not. You can put a homeless man in a suit. It will not make him a king. It's not clothes. It's not mansions. It's not bodyguards. It's not about how well you dress up on the outside. It's not. It's got none of those things. Jesus was king of all kings. Yet he was a meager carpenter's son. And yet he manifested and he was causing so much confusion. Even Pilate had to ask him, so you are a king? But he was a king. He was a king. Yes. Mother Teresa used to ask God, what exactly is it that you want with me? I am a nobody. But she was a queen. Yes, she was. What makes a king a king? Is it something you inherit from your parents? Is it something you receive because of who your daddy was? I've, I've, I've ministered so much. Listen, if kingship was about who your father was, ask Jonathan. He didn't inherit. Isn't it interesting that a prince did not become king, but his best friend, a shepherd, became king? It's not a function of who your father was. 
No, if it was so, some of these people would have ascended to kingship. Just because the father was king did not make Jonathan king. Jonathan was positioned to receive the throne, but he never inherited it. But a shepherd boy inherited the throne and David had something far better than position. David had presence. He had presence. If any of you want to understand, if you've ever, have you ever been promised a promotion at work and it never came? What you have to have is something we call presence. Somebody shout presence. I want to speed up so that I can get you somewhere. Now go to Psalms 110 from verse 1. I want to show you what makes a king a king. David begins to challenge us. He said, the Lord said to my Lord, I don't know what versions you have, but today I'm playing with quite a few different versions, but it's okay. Let's use this one. The Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool. There's a version that says, Yahweh said to my Lord, the Messiah, sit with me as enthroned ruler while I subdue your every enemy. If I was to just take that first verse, the whole chapter of 110 is how you make a king a king. Let me show you. There's a hidden gem in verse 1. This shows you what a ruler has that qualifies him as a ruler. What makes a king a king is that you have established, he says, sit, give me that throne. Give me that throne of mine. He says, sit. One of the signs of rulership is the ability to sit. Mm. Come, son. Just put it somewhere here for me. I don't know if those ones on that side would be able to see. Can you see? He said, sit at my right hand. Sit. That is a dimension of settling. There are some things until you settle, you will not be able to decree over. He says, sit at my right hand. I'll come to that in a minute. So what God is telling me to tell his people today is you need to settle down. You need to stop running around like a headless chicken. And you need to sit down. Can you slap a neighbor for me and tell them, sit? Yes. What does sitting entail? Sitting entails a form of settlement. That there is a movement pattern in your life that has consisted and continued for so long that until you finally say, Nothing will change. Your anxiety is causing you to leave Jesus at the mountain. And I showed them this morning that the disciples said that Jesus went up to the mountain. But they went down. So they went separate ways. Hey, isn't it later that Peter comes and Jesus says, are you also leaving? He says, where do we go? You carry the, they had received the revelation. You carry the words of life. Jesus said, the words that I speak, they are spirit and they are life. I'm trying to enter your spirit. But because of your trying to solve things all by yourself all the time, God says, this is the formula for kingship. Until you sit, you will not be able to hear instruction. Until you sit running around, pastor, you have to pay my rent. You have to solve my problem. No, you need to sit. Tap three people say sit. Yes, blessed is the man. Blessed is the man. Blessed is the man. There's a dimension of kingship that requires you. A ruler knows how to sit. 
Despite the storm, despite what is going on in your life, what makes a king a king is that you have been able to understand this hidden gem and you are able to sit. But where are you sitting? You're sitting on a throne. This is a throne. The kingdom of heaven is a throne. It's a seat that is higher than everything. So where are you seated? You're seated together with Christ in heavenly places. That means anything that is pertaining to life and godliness is under you. Anything disturbing you is under because the seating is in a higher position. Are you in church today? And so if you're sitting there, Pastor Don, I have met people who have this revelation. And what I've seen, no matter the storm, they are calm. Ay, ay, ay. They operate in a dimension where even if they've lost $10 million, they are calm. Because they know the one who began this work, he's faithful. They don't run around because they've lost a job. They've learned that they are seated on a throne. The first thing every king must have is a seat on the right hand of God and you sit on your throne. This is interesting because if you're a child of the king, you need to stop walking as a peasant and a beggar and you need to sit down, stop quoting the king's words without understanding the king's power. Shout, sit. God is asking people today to sit down because as a king, you need to calm down. You need to believe. He said, do not be anxious for anything, but through prayer and supplication, let your request be made unknown unto God. You have to learn to sit down. The biggest problem we have in Africa is believers who have never learned how to sit. But God is releasing a settling dimension over your family. Yes, I know there is something that has been taking control of your family called diabetes. But today we are sitting. The one who has the ability to deal with diabetes on my family line is about to take over. Sitting shows me that I have begun to trust. The relationship between sitting and trusting is such that if I sit and there's a storm, I believe that the one who is able to calm the storm is my father, the king. And because I'm seated on a throne, the storm is under my feet. Listen to me. Lack of capital, lack of money is under your feet. Everything that has been disturbing your family is under your feet. Find two witnesses and say, sit. God wants you to learn to sit as a king. You sit on the throne. It is from the throne that you can now say, you make decrees. Seldom, pastors, you know, will you find a king standing? Usually, when you go to court and the judge is reading, I'm yet to see a judge who said, this case is hot. This case is hot. Do you know where the judges sit? They sit on a government chair. <laughs> and they make their ruling while sitting. Ah. God told me to tell you there are some things you're ruling today from your chair. The position has been the problem. It's not so much so that God is not there with you, but your disposition has been wrong. So he says, stop running around. Sit down and let me take care of business. Somebody say, sit down and see the hand of Yahweh operate. And from there, make decrees. Speak to those things you see in your family. Speak to the spirit of divorce while you're sitting. Make judgment. Judge those things. Take your word of God. Stay, sit on that word and declare, Holy Spirit, take control of this situation. Take control of my family. Take control of my children. Do you know why you're not sitting? Ta, 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 ta. Hey, 
uh, Pastor Pete, man, things are so thick. Is it possible for you to give me 10K? Oh, okay, thank you. You don't have, Pastor Don. <laughs> so you're running around. You come from the prayer mountain. Any person who has come from the prayer mountain, any person who has ascended will come down calm. I have never seen an ascender who comes down nervous. Never in my life. I've never seen a servant of God who knows how to operate in the priestly and does not understand how to handle kingly. From now on, when you ascend, you will come down calm and you will learn to sit. Please, one more time, slap to people and say, sit down. You're disturbing my peace. Just sit down. He who began a good work in you, he is faithful to complete it. Just sit down. The album will sell. Sit down. You will get married. Sit down. Stop talking to every joker because you will marry a joker sit down he who finds a wife finds a good thing i pray you find her seated sit down the business is gonna work sit down the investors are gonna come sit down trust in the lord with all your heart in all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your path but you must calm down the promotion will come you don't have to lift your skirt for anybody. Just sit down. God is not a man that he should lie. Neither is he the son of man that he should repent. What he said to you, he observes. Did you hear what we were taught last time? It's not you that God is looking after. It's the word. He watches over that word inside of you to perform it. So because you have the seed, which is the word, which you got when you went up the mountain, just come back and come down. Too much anxiety in the church. That's why he starts to say, do not be anxious for anything. Pete, did you see that scripture? Which one did you read? It was in Genesis 41 verse 52. 51. Just can you go there? Let me show you something about Manasseh and Ephraim. So, so Joseph is now at the place where his father Isaac, uh, Jacob is releasing blessings. His father Israel is releasing blessings. And he decides to bring in these children. And then he comes to pray over them. I need two volunteers, please. He prays over them. And he says, come, come, come son. Hey, people are scared of me. So, so just kneel here in front of me, facing me. So, so he comes. If you watch the pattern here, I used to preach about this a long time ago. He says, Joseph called the name of the firstborn Manasseh, for God has made me forget all my toil. So when, J when, 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 when Jacob came to pray, Manasseh was on his right side. Firstborn, always on the right of the blessing. Are we together? It's a Middle East culture. Firstborn always on the right. And Ephraim was on the left. And the father came and switched hands. I used to pray and ask God, why? Why did you get the right hand to be on the head of Ephraim and not on the head of Manasseh? These names had something to do with it. Because it is hard for God to bless. It is hard for God to bless and what the name that makes you forget my toil and all my father's house. There's no blessing there. That is a blessing of forgetting. So he switched. Because there's no fruit in forgetting. Watch this. He comes to the next verse. Go to the next verse. He called the name of the son. And he named the second Ephraim. For God has caused me to be fruitful. Blessing works best with where there's fruit. Blessing 
to, to increase your forgetfulness is not beneficial to the kingdom. To increase your, because blessing must produce. And so God has to have something to work with. And so God says, I'm not going to bless forgetfulness. I'm going to bless fruitfulness. Because here I have something I can work with. The other one is good for your psychology. The other one, but this one is good for generations. May God bless you. He says, you did not choose me. John 15, 16. I chose you that you may go and that you may do what? Bear fruit. And that it's not just bearing fruit. It's fruit that will last. What we decree today as kings. That our fruit shall last. That everything that we shall put our hands to do shall last in the name of Jesus. Thank you, sons. There has to be a switch in your thinking. Father, make me forget. Make me forget. Fine. But let the blessing come on your fruitfulness. On the work of your hands. Let there be increase on the work of your hands. Let there be increase on your children. Let there be increase on your business. Let there be increase on the love in your marriage. Let there be fruit there. Fruit that will multiply. Fruit that will last. In the name of Jesus. So come with me. So I want to show you one very key example about this understanding of, of, of sitting down. And I'll just finish with the sitting now. Kings must learn to calm down. Panicking kings are dangerous for a generation. Dangerous. You don't have, if you don't have a throne, you're not a ruler. You're sitting above all your problems. 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 Why do people struggle? with drug addiction and alcoholism is because their throne is below the alcohol. And today I'm praying that you will rise above everything that has tormented your family. Your throne is above. You're sitting above disease. Ah, Chantal, Abako Chantal. I said you're sitting above disease. What killed your mother will not kill you. When I went to hospital, Pastor Pete, they were trying to find out what is ailing me about two years ago. You know, the most interesting thing is when you go and all these professors and doctors can't find it. But anytime people say they can't find it, I say, I have found it. In the spirit, I know what it is. Because I remember certain people in my father's family where they also could not find. These things that cannot be found. These spiritual things that are bugging your body that cannot be found. Today, I'm tracing them in the spirit. And I'm decreeing you're rising above that thing. May God who gives new energy to bodies, release new energy on your body right now. May God who can find what doctors cannot find. I have every respect for doctors. But when they cannot find, your seat is rising above that problem and that situation right now. Somebody shout, I am healed. I didn't hear you shout, I am healed. So what happened, Pastor Zeno? We now come to this very important part of the service. And I'm about to close. You're not a king until you're seated above all things. Bible says in Ephesians chapter 2 verse 6. For he raised us from the dead along with Christ. And seated us with him in the heavenly realms. God showed me a picture two weeks ago. That some of you are going to operate resources. That you have no idea which level you're about to go to. But this is what happened. Moses finds himself in a very interesting battle. Because we, we are either ruling or we are being ruled. He says, can you go back to that scripture about make, uh, sitting together with Christ? He says, sit with me as enthroned ruler in Psalms. 
what makes a king a king is not just a throne, but his sitting position. Sit with me as enthroned ruler while I subdue every enemy. Sit with me as enthroned ruler as I deal with all your enemies. Now go to Exodus chapter 17 verse 10. Exodus 17 10. Look what the spirit of the Lord is showing us. He says, Exodus 17 10. So Joshua did as Moses said to him and fought with Amalek. And Moses, Aaron, and Hur went to the top of the hill. Where did they go? They went up. Somebody say they went up. And as they did this, verse 11, please, I'm just going all the way to verse 17. And it was so, when Moses held up his hand, that Israel prevailed. So can I have my two volunteers? As Moses, do you remember during the prophetic service what I did? I went up to Papa and I lifted his hands, right? Now, those of us, come up, come up. Those of us who are there, there's something you saw. In a very short time, Papa got tired. If you had discernment, you saw he got tired. So we were raising his hands. So his hands were raised and we were celebrating, but his hands were getting tired. So the Bible says, and when he let down his hand, so, you, oh, he wasn't being helped yet. Moses held up his hand and Israel prevailed. And when he let down his hand, why? Because there's a place at which our father will get tired. Despite the fact that he knows as long as my hands are lifted, the war is being won. But the Bible says that as long as his hands came down, Amalek prevailed. So Moses' hands became heavy. They became heavy. There's a place, Pastor Pete, it gets heavy. There's a place ministry gets heavy. There's a place this work gets heavy. There's a place this thing gets tough. Ayada. Hey, let me talk to some real people. There's a place where ministry gets heavy. Yes. There's a place you don't want to pick anybody's call. There's a place you don't want to pray for anybody. There's a place you don't want to hear anybody's... Am I talking to some people? There's a place. There's a place you don't want to pick your relatives' calls. There's a place you're tired of being the hero. There's a place of being the one, tired of the one who keeps sustaining everybody. Can I talk to some real people? There's a place. So his hands would get tired, yet every time he got tired, Amaleks, the Amalekites would prevail. So what happens? A strategy. Somebody say a strategy. And Aaron and Hood, the Bible says, but Moses' hands became heavy. So they took a stone. Give me my stone. Come, both of you. You're helping me with a stone. It says two of you got a stone. So they brought a stone. And they put it under him. And he sat. Hmm. Strategy. This war must be won. Who is Aaron? Priest. Who is Hur? The son of Miriam. He's a relative. One of the roles of family is that they are supposed to find a strategy to make sure that the fathers don't get tired so that the family war is not won, is not lost. And we are coming out of here today victorious because everything we need for life and godliness is in this house. We are not getting tired. And when you see the hands getting tired, supposing they didn't think, but they didn't just go for anything. They went for the stone. Ladies and gentlemen, we are not sitting on anything. We are sitting on the stone. They said that the stone that the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. Tell somebody, I'm not just sitting on any stone. 
I'm sitting on the, on the rock and my hands are being held up and I have support. So what did they do? They lifted his hands. As long as his hands were up, the war was being won. The reason we have to sit down is that sometimes when standing, we will miss the mark and lose the war. But God told me to let you know when you sit this week, there are some things that you've been struggling with that are going to come into a place of victory because sitting gives you the strength to lift hands. It is easier to lift hands while seated. At some point in that meeting, we got daddy a chair. Do you remember? It was all in the book of Exodus. I was trying to enact something. We got him a chair. But at some point, he got so caught up in the spirit that his energy returned to him and he rose up again. I declare you will not get tired. Your children will not die in drugs. I'm saying we are sitting on the rock. Our businesses are not going down. I see God rejuvenating people here. New energies are coming on some of you right now as I'm speaking in the name of Jesus. Because kings will speak from a place where they are seated. And as long as you're decreeing from the chair, you're telling heaven, I have belief that what you're saying, I am saying. That what you're doing, I am doing. That what you're proclaiming, I'm proclaiming. I'm in collaboration with my father. I'm in collaboration with his son. I'm in collaboration with the Holy Spirit. This battle is going to be won. I will not die my mother's death. I'm going to sit. I'm going to trust in the Lord with all my heart. I refuse to get anxious. I'm going to sit on the rock. Even when there's temptation to rise, Holy Spirit, keep me down here. Keep me here until I understand heavenly dimensions of rulership. Somebody say, I'm going to sit. As some of you are sitting right now, I'm, I'm seeing a shift in your spiritual disposition. Anxiety is leaving your house. Anxiety is leaving your house. Anxiety is walking out of your vicinity. And I'm seeing you sitting down. Sitting. Sitting is a sign of trust. For me to believe this rock can hold me and take care of the situation. He says sit down. Until I make your enemies your footstool. Sit down. You're going to sit until you see God do this thing. You're going to sit until God gives you an answer. You have tried prophecies. You have tried men. You have tried doctors. Now you are left with one solution. God. The disposition of kings. They know how to sit down. Let me tell you. When you see a king stand. There's business. Even when Esther ran to the king. He didn't stand. He stretched out his scepter. While seated. You see the throne holds power. The throne holds the authority. It gives you the mandate, the understanding, the capacity to be able to say, this throne is giving me the power to release decrees. So now on our chairs, sit down. We're going to make a, some decrees while we sit on the rock. I declare you are the head and not the tail. Amen. I'm talking to fellow kings and queens. You're the head and not the tail. Amen. You're above and not beneath. Amen. I see God giving access. So this morning I dealt with access and I was showing them that there is a dispensation in this kingship that, that, that if you don't understand how to sit, you will, you will panic your way into operations that require a rare wisdom. A rare wisdom. I know there's a place, Pastor Pete, you cannot enter with just a priestly mindset. That when God gives us that access, 
God showed me a picture. The reason I'm dealing with sitting, I'll deal with the rest next week. When God showed me this picture, he said, I'm showing you a picture of some places some of you are going to sit that you have never sat. He says in the book of Psalms, he makes me to lie down in green pastures. He said, as my children trust me, I'm elevating them to a place where things are beneath their feet. You are seated in high places. As kings, there's doors that are about to open. But those doors don't need the gallivanting of priesthood. They need the settling of kings. That means, Pastor Zeno, there are places we need to understand how to talk. And that talk must be kingship talk. Pastor Peter was told, there's, some, there's a friend of mine who's counseling kings right now. And this person said to me, the dilemma I have is this. These kings show me and tell me every time they're with Christians, they want the meeting to end quickly. Especially priests. Kings. That in front of you, they say, hi, oh, welcome. As soon as you walk out the door, they tell their friends, these people, why? Because we have nothing to offer when we don't blend this thing properly. Can I use the example I used this morning? So I'm going to assume that this is, this is priesthood. It's not properly blended. It's plain. There are things priesthood has capacity to help us with, but it has its limitations. That's why he makes us kings and priests. Let me tell you, if Jesus only operated in the office of priesthood, the only thing we'd have received is salvation. That's it. The only thing that would have been accepted is the sacrifice. The lamb would have been sacrificed. Every dimension of kingship would have been null and void if all we got was this blend. Now the son of glory sees it fit that this thing is not just about because it's not the priesthood got us back into a particular standing with God. Did you understand? The priesthood allowed sacrifice to happen. Are we together? Now I need another blend. Water won't help me. I need another blend. Who has coffee? Then you explain to me what you're doing with coffee in church. But who has, who has something else? Let me find out. Let me find out. Okay, I'll just use another, another dawa. Yeah. So, assuming this other one is, 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 um, is uh, nobody has any drops that will change the color. Yeah, give me that. Give me that. Was that? Yes, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So, so this is kingship. Now, he has made us kings and priests. It's a blend. So that there will be a blend with the priesthood and the kingship. I, I wish I had time. So that there are some conversations we need to have where you need to put the priest here and let the king appear. In fact, if you study heaven, things have four faces for reasons. There are certain dimensions that need to appear before different people. So when God has made you a king and a priest, you need to understand the doors opened by kings and the, and the dimensions opened by priests. Because if you keep using priesthood where kingship is required, you leave a bad taste in people's mouths. The kind of conversation kings need to have is kingly conversation. If you appear to a king in the light of a priest, they'll wait for your prayers and excuses so that they discuss governmental matters. Because priests are not honored in matters of governmental affairs. It's the truth. You can look at me funny. It's the truth. 
You can come with all the anointing oil you want to the palace. After you have finished anointing like Samuel, you have to leave. And the only other time you're required is when God has something to say to the king. <laughs> and every time you finish, but if you want a king to sit with you for five hours, it's because you're saying, I have a solution on our debt problem. He said, ah, come here. Sit, explain to me. Here's the strategy God has shown me. So you include the priest, but you make sure that you have instruction on how you're going to change the, the country's debt position. And that king will give you time. He'll give you months. He'll give and give you an office. Yes. Joseph comes and gives the king a solution. The king says, ah. He says to, Joseph says to him, you need to find a man. Ha. Ah. He says, what other man do I need? You're the one. Because when you're carrying the kingship, there's a language that we must speak. Listen, there are places tongues will not help you. I'm really offending people today. There are places tongues will not help you. There are places you need to speak English. Good English. Yes. Not me, I was just coming from. No, you proper English. Your vocabulary has to improve. Listen to me. If Jesus grew in wisdom and stature, it means there's a place even language was getting better. Ah, uh -uh. You cannot be speaking the same high school English, better English. Today. No, no, no. Please tap to people and say, sit and learn. There's a new language you're required to learn. Yes. By the way, some of the places you are are not a witch doctor's fault. Some of you have had access to doors you've been unable to use because when I look at people in the marketplace that have this understanding, they seem to keep gathering this kind of company around them and they keep getting the promotions. There are people who don't know what lacking a job means. To them, promotion is no longer a testimony. They figured the code for promotion. They figured any place I enter, there are certain things I do, I see growth. Certain things I do, I see growth. Yes. So, what has caused a bad taste in many people's mouths to do with churches is that every time they enter a church, all they find are priests. They try to interact in kingly dimensions. They come in and they find very mediocre things happening and it's frustrating. I should have picked offering earlier. <laughs> Let me explain. Let me explain. When ah, some things have upset me because I, I operate in this apostolic marketplace, understand? When I come and see a pregnant person asking for water, a few years ago it happened in our church, they came and asked for water. The usher said, water is for pastors. A pregnant person. Listen, it's, common, it's emotional intelligence. <laughs> ah, if I can slap you in the past, I can slap It's emotional intelligence. This person you are denying water because I know who they were could have given you four jobs at once. Are you understanding? It's common. It's small, small. Small, small. Small, small. The problem with priests is that power makes you trip. Powerful ushers. We use language that makes people happy. I'm a gatekeeper. Gatekeeper wapi. You need some intelligence. Am I talking to somebody? Yes. You know, I've, I've had people use this language in the church. You know, watchmen are very powerful because they're gatekeeper. No, me, I get angry with some watchmen. 
I get upset. I'm, we, we are not talking at the same level. I'm like, listen, I've come to see the king of this organization. You're frustrating me down here. You don't know if this king and I are brothers. Are you understanding what I'm saying? Yes. Please, my fellow ministers, calm down. Relax. We have work to do that requires priests to change the way we've looked at this thing in the kingdom. Yes, we've entered a season of a different kind of collaboration. <laughs> For us to operate in this kingship, we have to unlearn some stupidity. I call it stupidity because it doesn't make sense. And please receive me with all the love. When I use the word stupidity, I am using it for your good. There are some things we have to cancel in the name of Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Ah, ah. I was telling my security team, please stop disturbing me when I'm with the people. Now I want to operate with the people. To some of these people, some of these people are the ones who will build the church. Then you come and tell them, the man of God is passing. Stop it. I love them. Listen, I want the security to be there for all of us. Because there are some fools out there who will come to harm us. But we should interact. I should know your name and say, Evelyn Obo, when they are Yes. You never know, I could be talking to the next president. Are we talking? So I love the work you do, Kizito, but we have to apply some intelligence. I came from visiting the eighth wealthiest man in the world in the, in the in the continent last week. We entered this humongous palace. I, I just wake up the stairs, say, Father. He, he. <laughs> stairs. I'm not. I felt like I was going to faint, and I've seen things. We entered this office. Not one bodyguard, but they were there. So you can have security, but Sato. Yes. For where we are going, there are things that leave a bad taste in king's mouths. I went for a meeting once with Kizito and, and with Edwin. And when we came from the meeting, I was meeting the chairman of a very large bank. He said, Allah, you have bodyguards. I said, no, these are my brothers. I just told them to wait here. Because I knew, I knew, I knew if I said this is our security team, we, our, our conversation has ended. Please tell, tell your neighbor, it's time for us. To, I, I, this dimension needs some thinking, some unlearning, some re, re, readjustment so that we can accelerate in the things that God wants to do for us. Because there's some Pentecostal nonsense we have to leave behind. When he says, when I was a child, I thought like a child, I behaved like a child, I talk like a child. But there's a place we are going. I hope you're not offended. Because what I need is to have people hold up my hands so that we can stay in the place of intercession. So that Joshua can win his generation's fight and so that there can be victory all around. There's, there's stuff that God will not allow us to do anymore. It looked good in the father's generation. 
Yes. Now I assure you, if I walk here and I begin to manifest in the spirit, there's a demon-possessed uh, activity that will begin in someone that could slap me. So I have to be wise. Because I don't want to be embarrassed on camera in front of everybody to be the preacher who was slapped by a demon. Are you understanding? There's a place you'll operate and there's, there's certain things. You need to understand certain things in the spiritual. Are we together? Yes. I wasn't slapped because I'm not anointed enough. I just happened to activate something. And I got slapped while in the... Yes. It is possible, Pastor Zinu. But there's a level I believe we're about to walk in. The kingship level will remove some Pentecostal idiocies that followed us, that don't need to follow us any longer. Tell somebody, calm down. Calm down. Yes. Sit down. John, some things have to change. You cannot have a 20-seater church with 45 bodyguards. this African madness. I don't like it. Even here, I don't like it. I, I understand it. I am, I'm, I'm Kizito. I love you with all the love of Christ. But there's a, there's a dimension we have to enter. Because when I sit with some of these people, there are things they tell me about Christianity. I, I hide my priest card. I hide it under my socks. I say, Father, may they not Google me. <laughs> know what you're going to tell me, but Pastor Romans chapter 1 verse 16 says, for I'm not ashamed of the gospel of... It's the power of God. Listen, he says, be wise as a serpent. Yes. I used to be in the same building with Chris Kirubi. He used to tell me, me when I see pastors, I just hide under my desk. I tell my secretary, tell them I'm not here. Because I know they are coming to borrow money. So why would he give me four hours and we just sit and laugh, the museum and me, and I used to owe him money? It's because I adapted my kingship priesthood. <laughs> yes. Yes. He realized this is not a regular guy. He speaks a different language. Are you understanding what I'm saying? Yes. I don't want to ask the president to come to my church. I want him to come when some of you have found oil. And you tell him what you're going to do about the debt situation in our country. I want us to build cities. Yes. The people you work for, they don't care about our Christianities, do they? No. Yet they own towers all over the world. Did you know, there's a man who went to a Saudi prince. If you go watch this feature on Netflix called, is it We Worked, We Built, We What? The whole church, nobody knows that series. We what? We work. It used to be a... They're still doing a lot of the... In one hour, actually in 49 minutes, it's there on, 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 on Netflix. In, one, in 45 minutes, he raised $45 billion for his company from a Saudi prince. Yes. You, you're here, we are doing harambees. You're doing a special. Nibebe. Nibebe. Pembeleze. Nibebe. Hakuna mali tunabebwa. Hakuna kitu tunafanya. There's a... It's called We Work. Go watch it. Start speaking a king language. Amen. Because the problem is not a witch doctor. 
Just keep playing because people have gone quiet on me. The problem is not a witch doctor. It's a language we've not understood. This man started with nothing. But by the time he was done, the whole world was competing for his business. You have to understand the resources you need are available. Amen. The disposition has to change. The language has to change. Yes, Pastor Don, if you walk out of here, come. Security, come If we walk out of here, yes, so assume, assume. The only two, I want more security. In front of us, behind us, security. Is that Dudu? Or who is that? Is that Manu Dudu? Dudu, stand up. Assuming Dudu is Bill Gates. Isn't it? Ah, take us out. Pastor has preached a powerful message. We thank you. Thank you very much. Asante Nisana. Asante Nisana. This guy is here. I'm unable to reach him. I'm unable to touch him. I'm unable to interact with him because we have formed a very high opinion of ourselves. And as a result, we have lost touch with the children of God. And a person who is enlightened is actually put, they don't like this taste. Isn't it? So you're preventing yourself from a local demon that has come. But in stopping, I'm looking for a demon. <laughs> Do I have any volunteers? <laughs> A local one. I want that one over. Yeah? Sorry, can I have just about it's just for illustration. Nothing, nothing will harm you. Just it's a big one. We need to close this service. Listen, there's a time some things were permissible and acceptable. By the way, if you come for Rema Feast, we must have security. Hey, but in this community setting, Donald, you and I are preventing ourselves from the very sheep that are going to build the cities that have the resources, have the language, have the ability and capability. So we are doing a thing we don't even understand. If you ask me, why do we do it? I don't know. We found it being done. We are doing what we saw them do. Yet God is doing a new thing that requires new patterns, new things. That requires new patterns, new thinking, new ability, new... Are we together? So may God help us. I'm not trying to be populist. There's a new thing God is doing. Dr. Danny, I was trying to remember your name. Pastor Danny. You've come here. You're a pastor. The last thing you want is for Pastor Danny to leave and say, hey, that is not the church I want to connect with. And what is it that can show him which church to refuse to connect with? His patterns. Now, I'm not ashamed to tell you, Kenyans don't have money. I'm telling you the truth. I'm not chapa. I'm not chapa. I'm not chapa. If there's a billionaire here, raise up your hand. The chances are you won't. <laughs> Not by faith. <laughs> so, the resources we need, listen to me carefully, 
are not in Kenya. The financial resources we need are not in Kenya. I'm not ashamed to tell you they are where you're coming from. Yes. The money we need is in his country. So the only way to get it is to sit properly, liaise properly, and say, listen, Pastor Danny, we are not beggars. There was a time for aid. We are not in the time for aid. We are happy to co collaborate. Yes. There are some smart brains here. Can you go connect those brains to big money and help us work out this thing in Africa so that at the right time we can come and be a help also to your nation? That is the new language. <laughs> Pastor Pete, for me to take, come here, sir. For me to take this young man, put ash on his face, flies on his face, and to tell Pastor Danny, please take this ashy face with flies. Go tell those people to have mercy. Because you know, white people are very compassionate. Yes. You people, to get you to cry. Ah. <laughs> Wait, what time is it? Jesus. You see, this is the other problem, not timekeeping. So, so, to come here and put the flying face and all that, that season has ended. We're in a season of collaboration and partnership. Are you hearing me? I hope I'm talking kingly language. I know my pastors will work on me a little bit, but today I've spoken as a father. It's not time to make our presentations to the West in a needy manner. It is time to make our presentations to the West in a partnership manner that shows new thoughts of sustainability that I will also participate in the giving, but this is how we shall sustain it. That the growth is sustainable, that the ministry is sustainable, and we are not going to try and become wealthy on our own with your means. We are going to cooperate and we are going to partner. So, so, so you don't send people there so that they cry, because then they cry very quick. They are very compassionate. Mwafrika, tiazenu ziliekwa kwa magoti. So my, my thing, I'm just trying to give an illustration to say it so by coming and using him to come to you now. He has come here. If you guys prevent me from meeting with him, we may lose an entire opportunity. The ecosystems require a bit of better manners, accessibility, conversations. And that is how we shall help each other. The language of a king. Thank you. Thank you, sir. The language of a king requires the manners of a king. You see the security. That I know it's there, but it's not intrusive. This was just one small thing. I'll teach you even about eating. Yes. I give you that 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 we, we eat with manners, isn't it? Put a knife to your throat. That is it. <laughs> One chicken at a time. Yes. Let me tell. You, it sounds normal, but I've seen. I was at I was at state house. Bad manners from priests. In fact, yes, better. There's a saying in Kikuyu, 
So eat where you're coming from so that when you come, you're full. Are we together? Let me tell you, it was so bad that people were using their forks in the buffet tray. I'm not joking. We didn't, uh, it was, uh, I, just, I just, we are in so much trouble. So me, I said, me, let me be selfish. Genesis 14, 14. Abraham trained 318 servants in his own house. Sometimes you have to train in your own house. And you become a peculiar people, a royal priesthood, those that behave differently. Yes. Yes. We'd walk together, son, come. And I'm able to say, come, son. I'm able to say, hey, son, me, I want to help you. Husbands, listen to me. And wives, the best person who can help you about hygiene things is your spouse or a good member of your church. Yes. You say, listen, me, I was embarrassed in America because nobody had ever told me about Roland. You never tried. There are two tribes that really sweat. Kambas and Luos. Pastor Peter, I'm telling you. I don't know. It's like we have this. Yes. When people say, give your neighbor a high five, some people just fall under the anointing. The posture of kings. The habits. I know you're thinking this is not, you think I'm being material. I'm not. There are things that will shut doors for you in certain places. I'm standing with my brother. I can tell he's been, he's been, somebody has done a work on him. He smells good. Yes. There are people who can't stand next to people. Because you make people sit. I hope I'm offending somebody to reveal what's in the heart. I want to help you. I want to help you understand that if you have bad breath and the CEO is interviewing you, the, the, the papers may qualify, but they're saying, can I live with this? And maybe all someone didn't tell you is that you just need to floss. You know what floss is? I see about 10 heads nodding. The rest of you, you need to go buy floss right after this. Just pass it between teeth. After eating, Kizito, it helps. No, no, I'm not saying. <laughs> floss is good. Bona yesu asifiwe. Some things are not about spiritual. It's a kingly dimension of language operating to sit down and ask, why is it when I sit with people, they want to leave my company? It's not even about a smell, it's the things you are saying. You are talking my topic, all about you. Learn to shut up. Learn to be in the presence of people and praise others instead of yourself. It actually leaves a bad taste in people's mouth when all you do is talk about yourself. The worst form of company is a self-entitled person who knows everything about everything. The greatest gift you can give a person is to help them reach a level of self-awareness. So to every king in here, I salute you. To everybody saying, I'm ready to go to the next level, I salute you. We'll deal with the demonic stuff, but we'll also deal with after deliverance, then what? Because you cannot be in a perpetual state of deliverance. 
You can't have that strong a devil. That for three years, every Sunday, we are removing a scorpion. No. No. You're not, you're not a scorpion manufacturer. You're a child of the Most High God. Pastor you know, I'm training. And next year, I was giving you a hint of where we are going. Next year, this church is moving into discipleship dimensions. We will train. We will learn. We will grow. Ha! One of the people who was handling security last week is the director of a bank. What if you don't have the discernment to know that the director of the bank is the one at the gate? Then you roll down your window in your, in your Fiat Uno. And you don't know that the man serving you can change your destiny. Language. Mind your language. Mind your manners. Some of the people that talked to me the worst when I was a waiter were coming from church service when I'd work on a Sunday. Some of the meanest people are you folk. Nini. Mean. When I Bring my, I asked for that soup two hours and you've come from being taught about patience. Can you tap to people and say, we are changing? I pray for you that God will give us the training required for kingship so that when we go and we get the jobs, when we go and get the promotions, we represent the kingdom of God well. That we know how to keep company. We know how to host people. We know how to speak to people. It's actually an art that requires wisdom. How to deal with new company. In the name of Jesus, I pray for each of you. Amen. May God bless you and God keep you. Pastor Donald.